Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. Today, I'm sitting down with Josh Fralick. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good. How are you? Man, doing great. You're out here producing some amazing footage for USPSA Carry Optics Nationals. So, when were you contacted about that? Well, that conversation came up uh, maybe three weeks back. Yeah. Uh, some of the crew from USPSA, were, they were evaluating a Minnesota range for potential future opportunities to host events. Right? Okay. Okay. And so we've got a guest lodge and I keep people, I put them up in the guest lodge when folks come up to Minnesota, I try to give them a cool experience. I get an opportunity to interface with lots of folks that way. Right. Right. And so they stayed at the lodge and I pitched the idea and now here we are producing nice. something new. I mean, I'm a... I'm an old school sales guy. I've been right. tech, tech consultant. So it's like, if I see a problem and I know the solution, mm-hmm. like I'm going to pitch it, whether uh, or not it falls on deaf ears, that's okay. Well, that's a, that's a smart thing to do because so many people want to complain about it, but don't offer a solution. I know. So you complained about it and then offered a solution. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. And a little less I'm, complaining. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm going to set the stage <laughs> and then we're going to go for the kill here. So I get it. I, yep. I do sales as well. So, yep. well, let's back up a long way All right. and get, we'll get back to this a little bit later about what you're doing here and everything else. But when did you actually even start shooting? When did this all begin for you? What did that yeah. look, you know, something you did with your family? What did this, what did this, what is, what all? You know, tell me about how this all got started. Cool. So when I was a little boy, uh, if I was good, I was a city kid. Okay. Um, so we didn't shoot. My dad uh, is a nom vet. And so he didn't want guns around. He was just like, I had my fill. I, I don't know, hunt. Like, you know what? I had craziness and now I don't want that. And okay. so he was super chill. But we'd go out to uh, grandpa's farm in the summer and they had a tobacco farm. And I was too young, maybe at like nine or okay. 10 to okay. do too much on the farm. Uh, for actual help during production. But if I took care of my sisters and kept them out of trouble all day, I would earn two or three, four, 10 shotgun shells. And I got wow. the run of the range. I mean, this is, you know, I'm yeah. a 40 year old man. Yeah. So this was a while back, Yeah, but I was a 10 year old boy running around with a 410 shooting gophers. And it was like this little taste of country, this little taste of freedom. Mm-hmm. And it was something that stuck with me forever. And I still get that kind of a nostalgic feedback where I'm like, you know, uh, shooting is a reward mechanism for me. Like if I've done everything right, I get to shoot. And I still look at it that way where I'm like, if I, if I've taken care of all these other things, guess what? Now I get to go do what I love. Okay. And so that's where it started, but there was a good break through college. I didn't own guns to have guns, stuff like that. So nothing in high school either then? No, no. What, no. Kind, of, what kind of sports did you do in high school? What did you, you know, there's a, you're competitive. Yes. And the reason I'm asking these questions because I've talked to a lot of different shooters and most of them have some competitive juices somewhere <laughs> down the path of, the, of, the, of their history. So yeah. tell me what you did in high school or junior high to, to be so competitive. Yeah. Well, I've got a brother that's four years older. Okay. And I was about his size. So survival. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a smaller dude for like four years older than me and right. i was a bigger guy so like i wanted i wanted to beat jacob at everything okay rarely did okay. right and so it, i was pretty driven got into uh you know middle school sports football uh wrestling football i excelled okay. at that was great but then i started causing trouble in in high school and uh didn't finish uh ended okay. up getting my gd going back to college and everything later but all that trouble helped me figure out like who i didn't want to be Okay. Right? You know, sometimes you need that. I needed that. And that helped me figure out who I didn't want to be. And so okay. now it's very clear where that line is. Uh, and so, you know, you'll see me uh, hanging out, doing my thing. But yeah, I don't drink anymore. I don't cause trouble anymore because when I drink, I do cause trouble. Right. And, and so uh, I learned a lot of lessons through high school, but no sports then. Okay. Still competitive, obviously. Right. That's, that's me. So uh, more competitive or just trying to be not in Joshua's shadow. Jacob's but Jacob's shadow back in the yeah, day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew I could beat him. I was like, I can beat this guy at okay. everything, but no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So you went to college and you know, what did that look like with anything, any, any kind of competitions there or anything? Yeah. So I got my uh, head on square. 
uh, when I was about 22. Good for you. Yep. And uh, I was started working at this foundry, hard labor, working hard, but I was making cash in my mind at the time. I'm like, I got a good hourly rate, all that stuff. And what city was this in? St. Cloud, Minnesota. Okay. So yep, Minnesota area. Okay. Yep. Making auto parts, pouring, oh, wow. actually like working on the line where they were melting stuff and like all the tinfoil spacesuit stuff. Yeah. I mean, working hard. And at some point I looked around and was like, you know what? Uh, I'm glad I'm not where I was. Still not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get an education. And so I went back to college. I just did a community college sales and marketing degree and really, really loved it and found myself uh, passionate about business and, and sales. You know, um, I was very competitive during that time. Uh, I had my head on straight. I was an, uh, a nut for fitness. Okay. And I was like, well, all of my buddies have these jobs that I don't want. Like, delivering pizzas and yeah. like working at the foundry. And I was like, how do I make a living during college? And so uh, I actually started fighting mixed martial arts. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I did okay. that for a while. Now, it was funny when you said that, I was like, I think I knew that. I forgot. Cause I've seen, I've known you for a while. And I remember somebody telling me a long time ago yeah. that you were in that. So cool. Well, get dive into that a little bit, please. Yeah. yeah. So well, I was uh, overweight at first. And uh, so I was in the gym on an elliptical. It was a St. Cloud boxing and wrestling club. Okay. And I'm on the elliptical and all of a sudden I see all these dudes come in and they jump on the mat. They're stretching out. They start sparring. And I was like, like, can I, can I do that with you guys instead of doing this? I just want to get in shape. And the guy's like, well, yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> they wanted a sparring partner. They wanted you to didn't beat know what you, me I don't, out. I don't think you knew what you were getting. <laughs> I understood that looking from the outside, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> uh, uh, well, and they do that, right? If you go to a good fight gym, okay. uh, the first thing they do is they get the little dude. The little dude that knows what's up. And so I, my first training partner or sparring partner was a dude by name of Kent Nathy. He was a 132-pound All-American wrestler, and uh, he was bad to the bone. And right. I'm 260 at the time. Right. I'm like, stop it. You want me to spar with him? I was like, I will hurt him. And they go, no, you won't. Promise. Promise. Wow. Do your best. Did they Did they put? Did you, they try to put bets on it or anything back no, in the day? They, they just no fun? snickered, man. Oh, just, just, okay, just this, is, this is all just like watch and see kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I never got off my back. You know, I mean, he just held me down and controlled. I, could, I couldn't do anything. He was a great wrestler. Wow. Great fighter. How did that make you feel? Uh, helpless. Was like, it truly helpless at truly that point? Truly helpless. But when I got done... You know, you, you make, you go two directions after something like that. That's why I was, that's why I was asking the question. So. You either never come back. Okay. And we see that a lot. We saw that a lot in the gym or you're like humbled and you go, okay, so there's a lot I don't know. And you guys obviously know some things I would like to learn more. So teach me. And you become teachable at that wow. point. And I became teachable and I, I trained with that crew and continued to train with more professionals uh, for about four years. And I got good, not like good, like a shoot, um, but, you know, certainly uh, good, good, like, uh, uh, like I was having a good time. I was making right. some coin uh, for a college kid. Right. Again, you know, uh, but it taught me some of the business pieces that I used when I got into shooting, too. Right. right? Which is like, let's get sponsors to help fund training. Uh, wow. You know, so this started at what age again? 22. So 22 years old, you're already thinking about sponsors for training. Oh, right? yeah. I had an uh, injury law attorney. Uh, okay. That works, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because everybody at the fights is drunk and causing trouble. So right. I'm like, injury law. You know, these guys, they're great prospect for that dude. Right. Uh, tattoo shop. Um, okay. You know, fight shorts company. Right. You know, like I had partners and, and that made sense. And so as soon as I got into shooting, I was like, I can add value for companies, you know, well, so that, that played out nice for me. Wow. So did you ever do anything? How far did you go into the, the, the fighting? Local stuff, local okay. stuff. So I fought at like civic centers and, you yeah. know, uh, mostly Minnesota Midwest, you know, I had six or seven fights, uh, mm-hmm. one, five of them, you know, like wasn't again, not like this, uh, UFC vet, nothing crazy yeah. like that. Did you, Make a conscious decision that you didn't want to go down that path, or did something happen where it didn't allow you to go down that path? I'd say a little bit of both. At okay. a certain point, um, you know, I, uh, I I'm pretty good at being able to tell what I can do right with something, and that I takes could, a lot of self awareness to say that. It, well, it's real because there okay. are things. There's a reason, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. But there's a reason I don't do everything on my own. I have partners. Yeah, I have people around me I trust. Even today. 
And in that space, I was like, well, this is a dangerous game. And I don't believe that I have everything it takes to be the best at it. Mm -hmm. And even if I was, I'm probably going to get hurt in its long long term because we were always hurt. I mean, wrists, elbows, broken nose, broken hands. So this has all happened to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. And so like everything, uh, doesn't work right. You know, and I'm a kid, so everything should feel great. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, it's probably not my long-term thing, but I loved it. So I did it as long as I could. And then there was a switch when I finished college, I had a white collar gig lined up to work at a tech firm. And so I was like, okay, this is the switch. So if I go work in tech, I can't have a black eye once a week because now when I talk to a prospect, it's going to be what happened to your face right. instead of me pitching some solution to a problem they have. Right. Right. I don't need that distraction. My closing ratio is what to drop through the floor. And so I'm like, that's the switch. I'm going to be a grown up now. And, uh, that was cool. And now I'm going to do this. Did you ever get to go spar against anybody or even before all this stuff was crazy televised that people that know now? Yeah. Know, yeah. Any so, names out there that we know? Uh, so Brock Larson was the big dude oh. in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, and uh, he was a cool guy. Uh, I got to spar a little bit with him okay. uh, up in St. Cloud. He'd come down to the gym. Uh, and there were some other dudes that were around that I didn't really get to work with because, I, again, I wasn't a top pro. Right. And so you get in there and, you know, the smaller guys, the the, the top pros, uh, they don't necessarily want to work with the big dude mm-hmm. that doesn't know what he's doing because you got to be careful. Right. A big dude, uh, even if they don't know what they're doing against someone 100 pounds lighter, you could hurt them. That, and that's where I was getting ready to go because I, I, I just got through watching this last night, <laughs> you know, because I was watching. I watched UFC all the, yeah, all yeah. the time it comes on. I'm a big fan of that and all the uh, extreme sports. And there's a guy that was fighting last night. They were just just crazy fighting. But after it's over with, they come back and they're talking to each other. Everything's good. They said because you had to actually turn on kill. Yeah. Turn off kill. Yeah. That is such a mental switch of adrenaline. Yeah. And is that something that you found that you had as well when you were doing it back then? Absolutely loved it. Okay. Cause I've seen, yeah. and I've seen that relate to some of your shooting as well. Cause I've watched you mm-hmm. in the zone when I first met you, I think back in probably at Frost Proof when I met everybody for the first time. Yeah. And it, one of the, it, probably multi-gun nationals or something. And I watched you, you know, when it's time to go, you're different. It's just yeah. a total switch is gone. And when it's done, just like, all right, I'm back to normal again. So <laughs> did, that's did, real. Did that prepare you for that? You think you oh, did for something sure. you just learned? Okay. No, for okay. sure. When that fighting, that was new at first. Right. Um, but it was like, if you don't do that, when you start sparring or anything else, sparring mm-hmm. is a little bit more friendly, but you find yourself in spots, even sparring where it's like, all right, this dude wants to play hard. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go. Um, and you get in that spot where if you're unprepared and not willing to match that uh, enthusiasm, if you mm-hmm. will, and come up and flip that switch, you get hurt. So there's yeah. a there's a conscious thing and also a subconscious thing going on where if somebody's doing more than you know they should be doing in sparring, both yep. par- both parties turn it on because they realize it's nothing said until somebody taps. But right now we're we're putting it to the uh-huh. we're putting the screws to it. Uh huh. And that's okay. that's not safe. That's not good training. Okay. But that is what happens. happens in fight gyms. Okay. Uh, it's a it's an ego thing to some extent. But at the same point, you're in there and you're like, well. I have a fight next month and this dude wants to fight right now. Mm-hmm. And I, this is good training. So use uh, it as an experience, like yeah. get ready. Okay. Yeah. And again, you're in a, you're in a fight gym. So the moment I tap, we're done. Right. If that were the scenario. So mm-hmm. you're, it's not like, it's not like real world where, you know, maybe you don't get out of this. Right. It's like we can push for a little bit and one of us might get hurt a little bit. Okay. I uh, have one more question because right. I, I want to get off this, but I got one more question because I just got to watch it. What is, the mindset at a point where you have to tap. And the yeah. reason I ask that question is because you see it, you know, yep. you, you, and you, you know, is it, is it, well, explain that to me when somebody, when you go to the point where you have to tap, yep. what is that mindset and what is that feeling like? So it depends. There's a couple different kinds of taps in my opinion. Okay. So there is the, Oh dang, you got me. You're about to snap my arm. I have no choice. Okay. Tap, right? Okay. Like, Dang it! I I got caught. So you know that feeling of your your shoulder you, that if you don't tap, you're about you, to lose your appendage. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yep, yep. Fair enough. Thank and those you. are the dangerous ones. The chokes. Yeah. You you wake right back up after choke. It's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. Okay, you might wet yourself. Right. Um, You've been but, choked out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh wow. Yeah. 
yep. In training, everybody <laughs> yeah. goes to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Because there's no risk. Right. Like you're not really getting hurt. Okay. Um, it's it's not like letting someone yank on your arm for an arm lock. Right. You know, because that really you can break stuff. Is it like the feeling before it happens, like before you get the drug, before you have surgery, that good feeling, or is it a horrible feeling? Uh, you're in panic mode. You're in panic yeah, mode. Yeah, because feeling. okay, because you're like just trying to hold on, <laughs> do one more thing, and then you wake up. And you're oh. like, <laughs> You got me. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, it's one of those. And so that's the, you got caught. Okay. And that can happen in the first 30 seconds. Right. That can happen anytime. And then there's the, I give up okay. and you'll see the, I give up in the cage quite a bit where it's like three rounds in, you've been getting dominated. You're on the ground. Oh, they got you in a guillotine. It's like, you know, better you, you, you gave up and okay. you wanted out. You wanted to go home and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but like you made a conscious decision at that point. He's got my neck. Oh, okay. Ah, tap. Okay. You know, and so I think there's those two and that's the way we looked at it. Right. It's like, okay, you truly got caught or you were looking for a way out. Are you still a fan? Big time. Okay, yep. good. Yep. <laughs> Big time. Okay. I didn't know if it's something like, you no, know, that's a chapter of my life I don't talk about anymore. I don't even get into it anymore. But you're still a fan. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, I don't follow everything to the point where, like, I know all the new faces. But when right. I watch the game, I appreciate it like I always did. Right. And I'm like, who is that? Like, <laughs> that dude can bang. Like, wow, where did it come from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so it's neat because the talent pool is so thick these days right. because the popularity of the sport's grown. Right. So now it's like someone I've never heard or seen seen before right they, you know that 10 years ago that meant they weren't good no. um now not so much they're they're just undiscovered potentially and you're right. about to see a show yeah, see, yeah. That, that's good to know because i can i can un appreciate that because i refereed high school football for 12 years okay and i went back because everybody was just complaining about the alabama tennessee game that the officials are horrible this and that <laughs> and everything else yeah. i went back and watched the game and i said no alabama was that sloppy on both that, that Alabama was horrible sloppy because you realize what the refs are seeing and yep. what's really happening. Yeah. So I can appreciate when you watch the sport now, I'm sure it's a whole nother angle to look at the sport. It's neat. Yep. Yeah. It's neat. I got a lot of respect for those guys and yep. they're truly putting themselves in harm's way. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things, uh, and, and if you're passionate about it, okay, cool. Um, you know, that's one of my big loves for the shooting sports. Yeah. The games we play Yeah, is because, I mean, you look at guys like, Jerry, right? Jerry mm -hmm. is, he's an old man and he's crushing still. Yes, he is. He can shoot, man. Yes, he can. Uh, and he doesn't miss much and he doesn't move as fast as he used to, but he can still play the game. That's right. And, you know, that this is a sustainable, lifelong sport if you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got to check ego a little bit at a certain point because your body can't keep up with what it used to be able to. Right. And you see that a little. And uh, the, uh, props to those guys for not calling it good. Uh, when maybe they're not in that top spot anymore, but they're right. still in top five or top four, top three, whatever. Right. Um, but this is a game you can play a long, long time. It is. It's super safe. Yeah. I mean, we're out here 400 plus shooters all weekend long. Yep. And uh, we've got rules in place to keep everyone in one piece. Exactly. And, and these events happen all over the world exactly. all the time, and we do it well. So you went from, you know, working in sales and tech, yep. and doing closing sales and everything else. So when did you reach back out and say, the shooting thing has got my interest again? Yeah. What did that look yeah. like? Yeah. So uh, one of the neighbors, it was 2013, I had a wife. New baby daughter. Oh, wow. Uh, and we had this little place uh, in this associated community on, in suburbia, living that life. And one of our neighbors got uh, burglarized. Oh. And I was like, well, honey, uh, I'm going to get a pistol um, and I'm going to learn how to use it. What is she saying? Uh, she goes, you think you need it? Okay. And um, I'm like, doesn't matter if I need it. Right. Um, if we do, we'll be happy it's here. Okay. Right? okay. And that was the strategy. And I'm so like, not much, not much pushback, just a little discussion. No, she's just like, you think so? Like right. uh, uh, more than anything, she was just wondering how nervous she should be. Probably. Did she grow up around um, family with any firearms nah, or anything? Okay. So nah. completely none until you introduced them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Continue. Yeah. So uh, got myself a Glock 17 pistol. Okay. Took it out shooting and couldn't shoot for beans. I was terrible. And again, embarrassing. That's the like humbling experience right, that right. Mr. Nathy gave me at the fight gym. <laughs> right. Same deal. Cause I went with buddies and I was like, I got a new gun. Let's go shoot. Couldn't yeah. hit a thing. And that's embarrassing. Man. I like to be good at things. And so not only that, but I'm going, okay, I brought this, uh, it's a tool, but it's a tool that can be dangerous in the wrong hands. And at that time, I was potentially the wrong hands. Okay. And I knew that. I could acknowledge that and go, okay, if I'm going to own this, 
uh, there's a respect that's needed. And that means I train. And that means I put in a little bit of work so that this is a tool I can use should I need to. Right. And so I bought like, um, you know, uh, I, I like to say I'm a junkie for whatever makes me feel good because I got that history, addictive personality. And what I get to do now is point that in a direction that's positive. And so at the time, I wanted to learn this new thing. So I went and bought 10 buckets of bullets. These, wow. Those little 1400 yeah. buckets of yeah. uh, Remington Golden uh, Bullets. Uh, uh, 10 of them. 10 of them. <laughs> 14,000 rounds. Continue. <laughs> and uh, I got an Advantage Arms uh, 22 long rifle conversion okay. slide for my Glock 17. Okay. And I shot those uh, buckets of bullets in about five months, six months. Wow. Uh, shooting cans, shooting steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just went to Home Depot and bought steel. It was soft steel. Didn't matter. I was yeah. shooting 22 at it. Where were you shooting at? Uh, yep. So at that point, I was shooting uh, at gun ranges. Okay. Uh, uh, just messing around. Okay. Uh, we had moved uh, maybe six months after that whole burglarization thing out mm-hmm. into the country. And that was my first place I could actually shoot at oh, home. Very so cool. I didn't have like a nice range, right. but I could shoot in my backyard. Yeah, it was in the country. It was in the country <laughs> and it was great. And so I shot all of that and got pretty good. Uh, shooting a bunch of nine mil with it uh, at, at a certain point. Right. Um, and then uh, just, just kind of a random Saturday if my big brother was in town. And uh, he goes, you, you're into guns now. He was always into guns. And he goes, we should go rent a machine gun and just go shoot a machine gun. And I, that'd be fun. I was okay. like, that would be fun. Let's go do that. So we went to this place, Bill's Gun Shop in uh, Roseville, Minnesota. Okay. And rented an M16 for a half hour, right? right. And uh, just dumped, just make right. dumps, oh, you know, in, indoors, just yep. playing around. Yep. And the guy's like, you guys seem like you really like guns. I was like, yeah, I like guns. I shoot a lot of pistol. And he goes, well, you should go to a pistol match. I go, what? Wow. What's that? Yeah. And he goes, there's a pistol match tomorrow in, uh, it was half hour north or something. Okay. Happened to be real close to my house. And so I went up there and I shot that match. IDPA, USPS. IDPA. IDPA. Yeah, okay. Yeah, buddy. Okay. First stage. So you're standing in a dumpster and four terrorists <laughs> chased you down this alley <laughs> and now you got to fight your way out. You know, something like yeah, that. Exactly. I love, like, I love the story. Like, okay. Uh, and so anyway, I shoot this and I, I mean, at this point I can hit all the things. No problem. I, I'm a great shot, but okay. I'm like a bullseye shooter. Cause no one had ever pushed me to like, Hey, shoot those faster. Yes. No one had ever done that. You were so, accuracy guy. Yeah, I hit all the things, uh, no points down, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, on my squad was this fancy pants in a jersey, uh, Andre DeSantel. Uh, wow. Great shooter. Okay. Uh, shot production, shot uh, whatever division that was in IDPA, and now a PCC top five guy yeah, uh, most from Minnesota. And so he's on that squad, and I watch him shoot, and I go, what was that? I was like... I want to do what he does. Uh, I was like, that that's okay. I want to be fast. Right. Uh, I want to be fast. Cause that looked awesome. It was right. just exciting. You, you watch these dudes. Oh, I'm out here every weekend. It's yes, sir. awesome. It is. And so I saw that. And then uh, ever since then, that was 2014. Uh, so June, Andre was your first, first fast, shooter. First, first fast sponsored shooter, quote unquote guy you ever saw before that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So watched yeah. him shoot that, that day on those IDPA stages and uh, I've been on a quest to be faster and more accurate ever since. Okay. Uh, and always push it. Did you ever, did you make friends with Andre at that match? Is, um, that, is that when that started or was he kind of, you know, I've seen Andre shoot. He kind of stays yeah. a little bit to himself sometimes. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. He just stays in his game. So that's yeah. why I asked that question. And I do a little bit too, especially back then when I was the new guy. Right. Right. And so I was like, all right, you know, I got to figure out my place in this community. You know, so no, not so much, but I'd seek him out. I'd look at, uh, you know, signups, be like, where's this dude at? Okay. Uh, and I'd, I'd go shoot where he was shooting. So I could, he was like my judge. Am okay. I getting better or am I not? Right. And, and so I compared my pistol shooting with Andre's for probably a, a year and a half. So you shot IDPA for a year and a half? Yeah. Nice. That how was it. How high'd you get up to? Uh, don't, don't remember. Don't remember. No big deal. Master or something like oh, that. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did, and did, did, is Andre the one that told you about USPSA or was it another IPA shooter? No. Then all of a sudden everybody's showing up for like the IDPA multi-gun match. Okay. And I was like, mm, tell me what you're talking about. <laughs> I have ARs, right? And and you know, at that point I was all, all right. in. And so uh, Adam Maxwell, who's at Vortex now, was at Arms and yeah. Arms in Minnesota up there. And he's like, he goes, why are you shooting all this pistol stuff? You can shoot pistols while you shoot rifles and shotguns too. 
mind blown. I was like, you're serious. I can use my AR in a match. He's like, right. yeah, dude. Uh, so he introduced, you know, that idea to me. Right. Uh, and I started shooting three gun with Minnesota three gun group. And that was the last real, probably a year and a half, the last real time that I spent focused on the IDPA. Right. Yeah. And I was just, I ran three gun hard for maybe four years straight. Uh, after that, just, you know, that's the game. Did you, did you pick up, you know, sponsors shooting IDPA with shooting or did that nope. all start with three gun? Nope. I, you know, one of the things that I need to make sure anytime I, uh, propose a solution, you know, that's what I do. If I'm, if I'm talking to a sponsor, I'm proposing a solution to a problem and the problem is brand awareness, right. And increasing their sales. Like I need to be able to help them do that. And I need to have confidence that I can actually do that before yeah. I approach anybody. Um, so. When I was in that IDPA space at that point, I was like, I'm learning the game. Uh, I didn't have a social following at the time. Didn't even have accounts, nothing. Okay. Um, and so I was like, I'm not going to be able to help them grow sales. Like, what am I going to do? Not going to be able to help them grow branding. Like, what can I do? And so once I got into three gun though, I started to look around. I started to build a small social following, but I was cranking content, content, not very good, right. but lots of, lots of stuff. And highlighting gear and why I like it and some of those pieces. So you were highlighting gear before you were actually sponsored. Absolutely. 100%. That works more than people know. Yep. <laughs> just talking about works, what I like. Yep, exactly. Right? That works so well. Yep. Just talking so. about what I like. And then, you know, at that point, uh, I had um, really, you know, a demo, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I shoot guns constantly. I talk to shooters on the range constantly. And I talk about gear I really like right. all day long. Um, I'd like to do it for you. And like, that's the conversation. Uh, and so then started to pick up some cool partners. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Who was your very first person you, or first company you picked up to help? Atomic Tactical. So, okay. uh, the okay. company that I bought all my AR parts and we right. put them all together. Right. I went in there nervously like a new sales guy does. Right. Uh, and I was like, Hey, Kenny, uh, so I'm shooting this three gun thing. There are hundreds of shooters in this area. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've never seen your branding there. I was like, you know, if I could represent you in that community well and help you sell some guns, is there any reason that we couldn't put a deal together where I just get a souped up, super sweet AR that you get to help me pick the config on that you can highlight what you do? Right. He's like, Don, let's build a gun. I was awesome. like, okay, man. Okay. And so I spent a year uh, at that point. I was like, green light. Okay. I got right. a partner. I, I already owe him something. Right. I'm going to owe a bunch of other people. So might as well get to work. And uh, so that was the first one. That one was cool. And then I'm a, I'm a business to business sales guy and I, I sell a lot remote. And so my number two was uh, a Vortex Optics. Oh, wow. And funny story right there in Wisconsin. Guys. Oh, yeah. please tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a, I did a uh, factory tour uh, yeah. last year of the place. Amazing people, amazing um, atmosphere, amazing culture. It's just a, you know, if Hunter's HD Go was gone tomorrow, I'd be knocking on Ruben's door <laughs> saying, I think uh, I'm, I'm moving to Wisconsin. That's what, that's a place I'd want to work. That was yeah. so, so amazing to me. So what was your experience there? Yeah. Well, I didn't know Rube because yeah. I wasn't like traveling and doing all this yeah. stuff. And so, uh, what did I do? Well, all day long, I looked up business people on LinkedIn, right? So I, uh, sent a message to one of the Hamiltons, the ownership yeah. group. And I just said, Hey, I shoot your gun. I already bought your Vortex one to four scope and I love it. And I'm shooting it. So in you found the Hamilton's not, not Seamus or anybody. You went to the, the owners. Owner. Sweet. That's continue. who I sell, man. <laughs> uh, that's, continue. That, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I already bought your scope. Yeah. Um, I am new in the competition space, but I want to prove to you that I would be valuable for your brand. So here's what I'd like. I would love a throw lever for my one to four scope and a ball cap. And I will crush it for you this year a and then next lever year. and a ball cap yep because that i own what did i what, did, awesome. what did they know about yeah. me yeah. and i go and i will crush it for you this year and if you like what i do we can do something bigger next year he goes meet seamus let's go <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah forward yeah and seamus is like you want what uh, and you're gonna do what and i was like yeah and he goes okay uh done and so anyway year two that was not the case anymore right yeah. and they've been a great partner ever since yeah shame is all those i'm not there's wonderful people when i get to meet everybody like that so, right so cool yeah yeah but when did you you know let's let's back up real quick you're still selling yeah you you've got a hobby now that's pretty expensive really expensive <laughs> and how did the conversation go with your wife that you're going to start competing 
with a gun. Yeah. And and all guns. What did yeah. that what did that conversation look like with her? Yeah, she's a cool lady. That's um, cool. Really, really cool lady. Couldn't be who I am today without her. So um, I mean, this goes all the way back to the the tech gig. So in a con if, if you look at uh, commission sales uh in professional world, um, very low salaries. Yes. Very high commission. Yeah, high comp high if total compensation plans are ridiculous. If, you if you're good, yes. you get paid. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, family, all of her family, everyone that she knew, they don't have jobs like that. They punch a clock, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they go to a good gig, but it's an hourly gig or a salary gig. All right. And so I'm like, honey, so we're leaving St. Cloud. Uh, I'm, we're, I'm taking a tech gig sales. It's 30,000 a year. Okay. And we're going to drive, move our planned new family, uh, you know, an hour and a half away from everything we know. Um, but there's high commission on it. So we're going to be in a really good spot. She's like, what if you don't sell anything? <laughs> right. I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. that's what people think. Yeah. And I'm like, I will. Yeah. I promise. I believe in this product and it's going to, it's going to yep. happen. Yep. yep. And so anyway, that was a first big leap of faith that mm -hmm. she made and turned it into a great career. Uh, and so when the shooting thing happened, we we're in a pretty good spot. I mean, better spot than then. And she goes, so what are you going to do with this thing? I go, Within three years, I'll either make this profitable for the family or I'll be done. Wow. Uh, and, and she goes, you think you can do it? And I go, yeah, I'm confident I can do it. She goes, you got four years. Let's go. Uh, I was like, okay. Uh, was she working too? Nope. Okay. Nope. Continue. She takes care of the kids. Wonderful. Uh, she manages that's the a, household. That's a whole other job. Key, uh, dude. Oh, God bless yeah. <laughs> that was I was one and done with kids. People heard me talk about it on the podcast. So yeah. I know you've got more than one now, but I was like, I'm out. It's <laughs> uh, a lot. Uh, uh, but she, I mean, she's, she's great. And she knows that if I set my mind to something, I'm a nut, right? right. Like I just grind. I just, I work until it is successful. If that's right. what I chose to pursue. And so, uh, yeah, that first year. So four years. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about the first year. First year, I spent $33,000 in ammunition out of our, I mean, at that point I made about 70 grand a year. Yeah. I spent 33 of it on ammunition out of pocket. No sponsor. No. Find anybody to get discounts from? On ammo? No. Okay. I was buying it at Walmart along with our groceries. Every time she went, she'd pick up four boxes of shotgun shells. Go ahead. Uh, you know, huge leap of faith investment. Yeah. But I'm like, I can get good at this. Mm -hmm. I'm potentially good at this and I can sell and I can market. Right. Like just, you know, that was the pitch. And so, yeah, 33 grand uh, all in. It was $47,000 that I spent that year. You tracked uh, everything. Yeah. Close. She kind of thing. Yeah. It was, well, it's the sales nature that we do. Everything's got to have. I know, you know my <laughs> metrics. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know my metrics. I, people don't, won't believe what I keep up with on spreadsheets uh -huh. myself because I've been doing sales since I was 21 as well. It's always, so. it, it's, it, was it worth it? Is it worth it? <laughs> exactly. like, is, is this where I continue to spend time? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we spent all of every dollar and lived uh, that way. You know, we didn't buy pop at the gas station. Okay. Uh, we'd buy a 24 pack because yeah. it, we were, we were investing in my shooting career. And um, she was behind it hundred percent too, which is uh, really cool. Let's say, let's say 85% without okay. shaming me for the other 15. Okay. Fair right? enough. She Fair. was, she was, there was, there was some nervous, nervous time in there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we got to about three years. I had uh, some good partners and that was the point where things really, really started to, I mean, three years total. So probably a year and a half into that serious mm -hmm. route where um where i was able to stabilize and now it was zero out of pocket uh and we were but i was working i had a new full-time job a new right? job in between that and new well no the new job was oh, the new job was sales providing so, so value sales, same job okay, yeah, yeah got it got it so got it. uh now i am representing uh and i take it seriously it's a full-time job representing brands and so like literally i work my eight hour day and then I'm working like four after that mm -hmm. to drive value because the goal isn't to make a partner happy today. Mm -hmm. It's to make them so happy that they can't see themselves going into next year without you. Mm -hmm. So you're worth more, right? I mean, that's the whole goal about business and sales. It's like, all right, I'm going to add way more value than I told you I would. Yeah. So that you're like, wow, whatever you're Over asking for. expectations. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden it's not about, I wonder if they'll actually do it. It's about, man, if we sign up for that, what are we going to get? Right. Like, okay. Send it. Let's go. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that year three, we finally got there uh, to that spot where it was zero and had a big high five with, with the family. And, uh, she's like, well, don't screw it up. I'm like, I won't. Uh, and just kept it rolling. Have you, has your mom and dad seen you shoot competitively through this process? Yeah. When, when did your dad 
turn from where he was at with his past yep. to when this was, this is, this is cool, son. Yeah. He always thought it was cool. It just wasn't for him. Okay. You know? Uh, so, you know, at first, that first couple of years where it was a super expensive hobby and I wasn't coming to some holidays and I was skipping stuff. Right. Josh is at a match. Josh is at a match. Josh right. is practicing. Uh, the whole family was looking at me sideways a little bit. Um, again, that 15%, like, all right, he's think he's doing something here, but like, let's find out. Right. Um, but I'd say, yeah, so probably 2017, um, my dad goes, you're really doing something, huh? And uh, 2018, uh, my, wa- my wife brought my mom uh, over to France right. when I shot the world shoot. And that was the first time my mom ever saw me shoot. Wow. Congratulations, cool. brother. Yeah, pretty cool. So yeah. she got to go hang out and go to France. Did you ever been out of the country before? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, okay. A little bit. So going to France to watch you shoot and the world shoot. Yep. How'd that go? Uh, gold medal. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Man. Congratulations, yeah. man. So uh, we're there and my mom's like, so how did it go? I heard I love, everybody's looking at you and taking pictures and stuff. And she goes, are you shooting well? I go, mom, I'm, I won. She goes, you won what? I go, I beat everybody here. She was all of them. I was like, yeah. She was in the world. I was like, yeah. And she goes, oh my gosh. Wow. I couldn't believe it. You know, pretty cool. Man, that's amazing. So going through that process where you're actually able to share that um, experience was um, emotional. I see is yeah. wonderful because that's just wonderful. Congratulations, brother. Yeah. I, I, um, when did you realize was it that moment at the world shoot or was it before then did something click where you said, I can make this happen or not happen. I can, I can win. I can be the best. What would that yeah. look like? Yeah. So it was probably about six months before, uh, before the world shoot, uh, where I was, I knew I was going over there. Uh, I hadn't lost a shotgun match, uh, in like four years. Okay. You know, I'd been going to all the big stuff and shotguns. I always, I'm a big dude. So like recoil does not move me. No. I'm good. Uh, and I can run those guns a little harder, a little faster than most people, uh, even if I'm not training hard on the gun. And so I knew if there was a way that I was going to be a thing that I was going to be the best at, it wasn't going to be the guns. The little guys could shoot. Well, it was going to be something that just, uh, just a big dude would have just a little bit of an advantage on in his shotgun. So I invested a lot of time there. And then kind of like that step into the cage fight switch mentally, uh, I went into sales mode a little bit cause I needed funding to make this big trip and this big training. I, I needed to shoot 50,000 rounds. I needed to shoot 50. I wanted to shoot a pallet of shotgun shells as prep. All right. And I needed a gun, a $4,000 shotgun to mm-hmm. beat up and not bring with me. Uh, that was a practice gun that I would break. Yeah, that was yeah. my thought didn't break, but that was what I thought. And so like I needed to sell my partners that, okay, this year is going to be expensive. I need a lot of help. But if we do it, I will win. I will be the best in the world and I will shoot your gun and your gun will be the best in the world and your ammo will be the best in the world. We'll make this work. And I needed to flip that switch mentally in order to sell it. And, uh, you know, that's where a lot of that shotgun match stuff went on. So I was shooting against Scott Green, one of the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, shooting against all those dudes mm-hmm. uh, at all these Lucas Oil shotgun series matches. That's yeah. what we were shooting then. Yeah, it might have been the first time I met you as one of the Lucas Oil PCC yeah. championship in 2018. Early. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the first time. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So that switch has never flipped back. Ever right. since then, it's been, you know, if if I want to do something, um, I'm, I'm very disappointed if I, if I'm unable to win it, mm-hmm. uh, if I've truly put everything into it, like I did that match, mm-hmm. um, you know, these days it's, it's, uh, I absolutely still expect to be in the mix, but, um, my world's changed a little bit, right? right. You know, we, we're talking about, uh, coming down here and doing media. Yeah, and I some know. Of those pieces. Yep. And I want to get in that here a second. But I remember the very first time I met you. Yep. And it was in Florida. And, um, I didn't know all the history like I just learned today. So that's, I'm still taking back congratulations again. I didn't realize all the stuff you accomplished so far. And, uh, but I remember watching you shoot on a stage. I remember the stage not going like you liked it. And I remember I watch people shoot all the time. Yes. Kind of a, and I, I read people. I study people. That's what I do for a living in sales. That's what we do. Yeah, it is. And I saw you get through that stage. That was not good. Yep. And I can, I can tell you, but it's down the far, down in Frost Proof, far left hand side of Universal Shooting Academy. I remember where it was when I met you. <laughs> and I, you know, and you, I watched your, your breathing. I watched it. And you went back. You're you loading everything up and it was just calm. You didn't throw a fit. 
your demeanor was just like nothing happened. And I actually came up to you on the next stage after that and, and told you that. I that remember I, that. I, I watched you. I said, yep. you're amazing because what I just saw, I've, I've seen people just have a fit, we'll uh-huh. call it. You know, there's, it's not a fit, but lack of better words, you can read their emotions yeah. that they have let this bother them so much. I don't know how they're going to go to the next stage yeah. because they, they're going to carry it with them, you know. And um, I went to you and I said that, you know, how, great job carrying yourself. I'm just very impressed. And that's just kind of my first impressions of you. So is that part of the switch you learned from a long time ago to how to manage your emotions? I'd say yes. I'd say uh, I was a hothead when I was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. And I realized that being that way, when it's good, you're so high, everything's great. When it's not, you're so far down. Mm-hmm. If you want to be consistently successful in life, you got to be right here. Okay. I can celebrate. Breathing everything. 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 Because you're, breath- no, you're breathing didn't change. Nothing yep. changed. In that here, day. I'm panicked and just <laughs> scrambled in my brain. <laughs> Your and eyes weren't even moving to show that. Usually I can see people. I can see people's brains scramble because their eyes are always moving. You uh-huh. were just like. Uh-huh. I'm load. This is part of it. <laughs> it's it's it bigger than me, though. That's the cool part. I mean, that's one thing people don't get. So if I'm out here and, and uh, I got, you know, a federal grant on my jersey and mm-hmm. I got all of my great partners uh, that I am here to represent, right. I'm here to represent them. They make this possible for me. Right. Without them, I'm not here. Right. And so if I go all hot, that means they just went all hot because I'm representing them at this event. Right. Uh, and so I, I take stuff like that so serious because if I put my name on somebody's shirt and act like an idiot, right, that's going to piss me off. I'm going to be pretty frustrated. Got I'm going to go, hey, man, like you're here to represent me. Like I would not I would not take that well. And so mm-hmm. in the same way, I'm going, all right, you know, like I, I got to be a pro. I got to yeah. be professional in all areas of my life. And that's a big one. Yeah. it, You know what? Funny thing about life doesn't always go the way you want it to. That's right. Weird, huh? Yeah, because I've seen you and Scott go back and forth at plenty of uh, matches. Yeah. And before the match starts, y'all are talking, hanging out, everything's great. And when the match starts, it's like it's time. Yeah. You're like you're in the cage. Yeah. There's not much talking going on. No. There's not much. We're not analyzing stage plans together. No. We're on our own to defeat each other. Just yep. like just like just like a fight in the in the cage. Yeah. And well, then, and after it's over with. We're back. And it's even it's even more than How that. How was your match? Uh, did you just watch it? Nope. The, <laughs> I watched my match. The funniest part about that is that I usually room with him or yeah. Max. Okay. So like at Nationals, yeah. I'll be rooming with Scott and Max. Okay. And we don't talk about the match. It's at uh, all. Nope. But no, we're buddies. Yeah. We have a lot of mutual respect. Yes. We know we're here to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the range, uh, it's cordial. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I don't really care what his stage plan is. I'm right. about to throw down. And so, but we get out of here. And we're at the same VRBO that yeah. night, just making a nice dinner and hanging out. Like we, and, so and don't talk about scores or anything. No, there's no like, man. If I didn't have that, Charlie. No. Wow. Uh. Uh-uh. Just and it's was that ever discussed? Like we're gonna like we're not gonna talk about match or just uh, just uh, the professionals know. Just the professionals know. Yeah, and I mean, it, it could it happen? Sure, it could come up once or twice, but right. um, you know, more than anything, it just started to be like, uh, you know what, like. It's bigger than this. Like while we're on the range, we're on the range. Let's crush. Okay. While we're not on the range, like I don't get to spend time with these dudes, like-minded individuals that much. So let's have a conversation. What are you doing in your Is life it? these yeah. days? Like, you know, what's the family doing? Very cool. Uh, you know, that, that that's where I would like to spend time and energy with right. these guys. Cause we don't do that here. Right. Like we have one goal when we got a gun with us, when we're shooting a match. Right. Uh, you know, all three of us want to win that event. <laughs> that's awesome. If only one can. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So, you know, you're still competing, you're comp- still competing. And then all of a sudden I saw your social media take a switch a little bit yeah. where you started doing hunting yeah. and stuff with the family. Yeah. Um, food plots, growth, a history, an education, we'll call it a series, all kinds of stuff that you're doing on that side of the, um, the hunting industry. Yeah. What, when did that, when did that, the, the switch go? I want to broaden myself even more because yeah. I'm not taking away from here. I'm going to add to it. Yeah. When did that, when did that start happening for you? Yeah. So, uh, 2019. Okay. Uh, I, Heard a disc in my back. It was a previous injury, but like I'd been able to manage it and wasn't really dealing with it much. And I was basically sitting on the couch for like a week trying to get, I mean, I'd do my walks, trying to stretch my back and all that. But I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going, what am I going to do if my body doesn't let me perform at a high level? I really love uh, the partnerships I have in place. Mm-hmm. I really love uh, 
this business of the firearms industry. Mm-hmm. And I like, what am I going to do? What all? Not much in the shooting space. Um, and I'm like, well, what else do I love? I'm like, well, I love killing critters and eating them. Like I love yes. hunting. I love mm-hmm. the outdoors. I love all that. And, uh, I had a conversation with, uh, the guys at federal with Ruben. Uh, and I go, Hey, listen, uh, if this thing ever doesn't work anymore, um, would I be valuable in the hunting space promoting your products in that way? Cause here's what I'm thinking about doing 25, 30% of my content over the next few years, slowly rolling into that direction. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make land management, hunting, uh, all the things that I'm doing when I'm not on camera anyway. Right. But here I could start sharing that stuff with the community and that also hits your audience. And both of those guys were like, dude, that's awesome. Do your thing. Like whatever you want, we'll support it. And so that's, that basically gave me the opportunity to go, okay, so this, this actually doesn't need to end at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I blow a knee out, okay. uh, if it, my eyes go bad and I can't see the targets well. Like, well, I can fix that. Continue. <laughs> yeah, you can, huh? <laughs> uh, so, like, that's where it came from. Where I'm like, well, you know what? Um, okay, let's let's do all the things. And so then, at a certain point, that just opened it up, and right. I'm going, you know what? Uh, I think people would probably find it interesting that I like to trap. That doesn't add value for federal. It doesn't add value for vortex. Doesn't it? I mean, outside of like maybe lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, like they don't sell trapping gear. But right. like, I love it. So mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to spend a little time on it uh, because this is, I'm just sharing who I am at this point. Right. You know, uh, was your, was your wife okay with that? Because you, you, you brought your kids into the limelight. Yeah. We you had brought, a good conversation you, 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 about it. Okay. Cause you brought, you brought her into some of the, some of the, yep. some of the sites as well. Was that a, a conversation that was um, uncomfortable for her at first? No, no, she's good. Cause she knew the type of content that we produced okay. and the type of audiences that we were putting it in front of. Mm-hmm. And so more than anything, um, she was nervous that um, she was nervous that our facility where we live, all of that stuff was, buttoned up versus it, once we start to acknowledge like hey we live on this great place and we've got her these are the family members that are right. here and like she's like you know uh but i take care of that too our, our places uh oh there's know. no doubt it's secure <laughs> i'll tell you what there's no doubt it's secure I'll tell you what. yeah so that that part we buttoned up uh right. but yeah that was a good conversation we talked to grandmas we talked mm-hmm. to and we're like hey here's some of the stuff we're producing and they loved it that i was cute um, and you know, so all of that, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty careful about how we, how we approach it, but mm-hmm. I love, I love including them in some of the content. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Cause it, it brings the person, you know, normal It normalizes the person, yeah. you know, cause you see, you see a world champion, you see all this other stuff and you think, well, they just live, eat and breathe. And it's like, no, not yeah. shooting. I have a family and yeah. this is so much more <laughs> important to be able to do what uh, I'm doing for the family and to be able to see them. And now they're going to be able to watch them grow and get more educated with yeah. that. Do you see them get into the shooting sports one day? Yep. Yeah. Yep. My 10 year old is, uh, she's all wired like me, super oh. competitive. So yeah. she likes to shoot. She likes to shoot steel and she likes to shoot it fast. She's not steel challenge yet. Not yet. Not yet. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, got a little, uh, well, courts in, uh, scorpion pistol nice. uh, and we're playing around with that a little bit. Right. And so I think there's probably some steel challenge in her future. Wow. Um, you know, mom's nervous about expectations okay. on her, her trying to not like live under that, but yeah, but the, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is if she wants to do it, and that's what it is. And that's why that's she's good. not here yet. Exactly. Uh, Cause I did tell her, I go, Hey, you know, anything that, that costs money, this is a rule we have with the kids, anything that costs money, what we call considerable money, like, you can join basketball for 50 bucks and I don't mm-hmm. care if you take that serious or not. Go right. hang out with your friends. Uh, you want an expensive hobby. You want to be on a traveling dance team. You want to be on something like you practice. Mm-hmm. We, if you want to do something different, you do something different. Right. And so our kids are expected to work if they want to be in things, but they can do whatever they want to do. We're mm-hmm. comfortable. We have means now. Right. And so you can do whatever you want to do if you're invested in it as much as we are. Right. And so that's the strategy. And so shooting. My daughter at this point likes to shoot maybe a couple times a month. Mm -hmm. And she knows that if she wants to shoot a match, she's got to shoot three days a week with dad. Oh, wow. Um, Because I want her to be proficient with firearms. You got to practice. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, softball. You got to practice. Because it's expensive. Yeah. Right. And not only that, but 
Uh, I want to bring a kid that's safe. I want a kid that is capable. And I want to bring someone to the range at when, at whenever and if ever mm-hmm. she wants to be part of what we do here. Um, that when she gets here, she adds value to the community. That, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she has that option. She knows that's available. And I believe that. Uh, you'll probably see the little girl hammering a scorpion out on uh, some steel in the near future. That's awesome. That is so wonderful. Which brings us into more present day. So you met up with a guy that does your photography, a a mutual friend. I I met him through Dustin, through Sean. He's been real close to you and doing a lot of things. And when you went to, you know, is Sean the guy you went to and you said, hey, let's start doing a little bit of production on the side? Yes, yeah, sorta. So a couple of years ago, uh, Sean was doing some cool things for JP and, yeah. and a couple other companies, and uh, he we have a lot of mutual friends. We shot together a couple of times, and he bugged me actually. And he goes, he goes, you do really cool stuff. I could capture it better. Uh, I think we could do really cool stuff if we work together on some things. And I go, well, let's try it. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and we started uh, just producing some pretty simple pieces to start with mm-hmm. that were like, again, they were our demo reel. Before we started selling content, right? Uh, we were producing what we considered uh, a book of business we could show. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's here's what we do. Right. Um, and so we produced some hunts. Uh, we produced some things like that. Uh, and super, I mean, there was no budget. There was, it was just like, let's see if we can make cool things. Mm-hmm. And if we can, we're going to take it to the market. Nice. Uh, and so we did started doing some legitimate media uh, for companies about 24 months ago, mm-hmm. maybe 25 months ago, where I saw an opportunity. Uh, and uh, one of the examples is, you know, when uh, Federal used me in a lot of their content, but they'd have to send their crew out. And then we would do capture for a day. I'd get 12 or 13 or 15 pieces done in a day. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I'd see it in the next few months on their channels and some of that. And that was great, but their team is spread thin. They have a small team. And so you know, I'm going, Hey, uh, if I could produce similar content that uh, was affordable, uh, and we could get it out for you relatively quickly, right? Like you need something for next month on mm-hmm. whatever is new or that's relative, you know, relative to the season, that, you know, whatever. We don't have to have a whole crew. You don't right. have to have a 20 grand budget. Right. I can just make a piece for you. Uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And we, I started producing content uh, for different brands that I work with. Yeah. So they didn't have to invest in shipping a whole media team to come see me or ship me to some place or whatever. Yeah. And so now we just crank. And uh, I think in 2021, we pr- delivered somewhere in the neighborhood, of like 140, 150 pieces to brands mm-hmm. um, for them to run, you know, mostly short form, 90 seconds or less. Um, adding value for the viewer in one way, shape, or form, entertaining or adding value, one of the two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here in 2022, we'll get over 200, 250, somewhere in that neighborhood of, of pieces that, uh, wow. we partner with brands on. So, um, then at a certain point, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in having people around me that do what they love. Yeah. Right. That's really important. Yep. Uh, if you're trying to grow or you're trying to sustain, I'm never trying to sustain. I'm always trying to grow. <laughs> Let's be clear. To, we're always trying to yeah. do something different. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I do kind of uh, temperature checks with everybody around me a lot. And one of the temperature checks was, uh, it was, hey, Sean, uh, you seem to really love the video capture portion. Um, kind of seem almost annoyed when we get a big list of edits that need to be done. Um, what's your favorite part of what we do? Uh, video capture right he loves it he's mm-hmm. awesome at it he's in the right spot at the right time with the right lens like dude's a rock star yes he is best in the business in my opinion at capturing action shooting from behind the lens and oh, i like that hey there it is right <laughs> there it is and uh and so we went on the search and he tried to find some editors and we i talked to some mutual friends and we found our good friend austin who's cranking out content for us this weekend yes and that is the core team. Okay. Um, me doing sales, me doing project management on the front end, making sure all expectations are set. Like everybody knows what we're in for. This mm-hmm. is what we're going to deliver. Um, letting partners know what I need to actually accomplish that. So I'm on the front end, do all of that stuff. And then uh, Sean captures and he and I work together on what looks cool when we get to the range, figure out what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I put all the notes down for Austin on what we found, what we captured, 
drop it in the cloud app. He's sitting in the back room, looks at our notes, looks at the raw, boop, throws the edit together. It has blown up this weekend. Yeah. Having content out the same day the match is going on, yep. that stuff that people, uh, since I've been around since, you know, late 17, 18, nobody's seen before. Yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah, it was the pitch. That's it. It was the pitch. It was, you know what happens two or three weeks after the match and you drop content? Nobody cares. No. It's over. over It's over. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we're trying to do something that we haven't seen done. And so this weekend, the number, the goal, the volume uh, that I committed to was 30 pieces of well-produced content in three days. So 10 a day. day. And delivered, uh, timely, um, relevant, uh, and well done. Uh, and really trying the, the ultimate goal with media on a match is to make anyone that didn't come wish they were here. The feedback has already happened like that. Yeah. I've had people call me saying people are having, I said, people are having a blast this weekend. Yep. And they see that content and go, man, of all the times I chose not to come. <laughs> Love it's, it. It's happened this weekend. Love it. Just based on your content. I've oh. had those phone calls. I've had those text messages because yep. I go to a lot of matches. Yeah. And this one just has a different flavor to it altogether. Yep. It's changed and it's going to get better. Yeah. It's only going to get better. So is this, <laughs> is this a one and done thing? You think there's more stuff coming for you in the future? There's more. This That's what I'm talking more. about. I'm telling I'm you. I'm so excited. I mean, I've done match coverage before, but then. Yeah organizations they, they do have to free up budget yes they do right because it is not free to get That's a right. team of people here that are very i mean the team i brought down here uh one travels expensive mm-hmm. two these are pros they cost money yep. uh three so do i uh, <laughs> yeah, right. let's be clear uh, <laughs> i'm dot com not dot org <laughs> yes. that's what i tell people all the time yes. I'm, a, I'm a dot com company <laughs> yeah yeah but if we do it right here's this here's the deal and this is part of the pitch like if we do this right from a media perspective this weekend not only do shooters go hey i wish i was there but now the brands that are like yourself that mm-hmm. are getting involved in these events are going well, I don't want to miss that. Those guys have great media. Yeah. When did I come to you today and talk about? <laughs> I said, Hey, I need to talk to you about some stuff. You got, you got room for me in the future? Like, yeah, I got room. I was yeah. like, all right, we'll talk when I get back in the office in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So yeah, no, it happened to me because you did a great piece yeah. on Hunter's HD Gold. And I was, you know, when my wife's impressed, who owns the company, that's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it so. doesn't all have to even be for us. I like, I want USPSA. Right. To have people knocking down their door going, hey, we want to sponsor your event because we saw what you did and we liked it. That is, that's a, that's a huge thing. I yeah. love that because that will make other vendors say, of like I, like people have said, of all times I chose not to come, yep. there was a production company there that could have done a piece on my brand while I was here, but I wasn't there. Yep. 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 That's what we want. And then the more that happens, the more valuable we become. That's and, right. And so, you know, ultimately, you know, this weekend we were talking even as a, as a crew about ideal strategies. Like let's say in a dream world, we're able to land some kind of an agreement, which we haven't even talked about or pitched, but I'd love to do it for all the nationals for USPSA, right? Like I would love to do that for USPSA to highlight the shooters, highlight the partners Mm -hmm. and really do this at all of them. Yeah, I think that would be great. Um, We were talking about like, what would we need to do to do an even better job? And so, you know, like, what kind of rigs? We bring a camper. We had dedicated editing space. Mm-hmm. Bring our own internet. We bring like we're already talking about ways to just get to better grow. to that's make so, it better. That's so cool. To scale. So, so cool. it's fun. I, you know, I congratulations. Mean, yeah, I congratulations. love it. I love it. It's one of many things. You know, I run events at our farm. Yeah. I do media production. I'm still a tech consultant. You're still I still training do people. that. You're I still, still train people. Yeah. <laughs> I still shoot guns. Yeah. Pretty high level. So yeah. like, uh, I I uh, I enjoy all the things. And then when I find something that's no longer fun, I stop doing that and I work on the other ones, you wow. know? And so, uh, I'm having fun. Or I wouldn't be doing it. And, uh, hopefully I'll be doing it a long, long time. Uh, I, based on the attitude, I don't see where that's going to be an issue at all. Yeah. So you got a lot of plans. Even you, I'm, uh, you're, you're, when I see there's always a plan C, B, C, D, E, and F, but you never usually get to them, but they're always there. They're there. <laughs> they're, they're there. there. Exactly. Yeah, I know how to turn it around if it gets weird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how can people get in touch with you if they want to, you know, for, for training, for content, yeah. anything? How can people re- get in touch with you, Josh? Yeah. So probably the best way, if you want to get me, uh, is just come and see what we do online for that. That's a great spot. So, okay. right. So Josh, uh, at Josh Freilich, uh on Instagram, or you just, you just search Josh Freilich online. You're going to yeah. find me on Instagram, on Facebook. I spend a lot of time there or something relatively new, still small channels. 
but we're blasting out tons and tons of good media uh, would be our F5 range accounts. So our facility, we host a lot of events at our place. Mm -hmm. Next year, we'll host like 25 and we host them for brands. We host them for public events. Mm -hmm. We host a lot of things. Uh, even I've got corporate events where uh, we'll, we're remote. So we'll get executive teams that want to come out and just be there because I'm a tech guy. The yeah. whole place is wired up. They got everything they need, right? Nice. And so they just come out and they do their strategic planning for the year. Like that place is booked, man. But we'd so come out and check out what we're doing for the facility for the range on F5 uh, underscore range on Instagram or Facebook as well. That's going to blow up too. That's going to be a big thing. Very cool. Well, well, I, need, I know you need to get back out there. You got to get plans because the Super Squad is coming in this afternoon to finish up. What, a, t- work what a tight match we have. So yeah. um, anything else we didn't touch on you'd like to cover? No, no. I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come hang out with you a little bit. Yeah. We as a community, myself included, appreciate seeing you at all the events, Thank right? You. Like, Because this is work. Yeah, you are working is. hard out here. And I've never seen you without a smile. Uh, I've never seen you where it looked like you weren't having fun. That's right. And, and, you know, similar, like you are representing your brand here and you do a really good job. So I appreciate what you do. Well, thank you so much. Well, Josh has given you all the ways to get in touch with him. But if you forget any of that, always send me an email to info at huntershdgold.com. And I'll make sure to get them to Josh myself. But until next time, thank you for watching or listening to this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. And we'll see you at the range soon. Thanks, Josh. Thank you.